This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Erin, I'm dying. I know. I... If I die, will you replace me with somebody cool? I am honored that you think I know cool people. Also... Whoever takes over for me in my death, you have to know everything technical because Aaron doesn't. Not a thing. So. I'm just going to replace you with both of the Aaron's and we're going to rename the podcast. That's fine. Aaron, Aaron cubed lifetime sentence. <laughs> I'm down with that. Do you remember um, whenever somebody wrote in that we had a competitor podcast who was doing the same thing that we did and um, mm-hmm. now they're on their third um, name change and also format change since mm-hmm. then. Um, you, ha- yeah, I don't keep up with them because I like don't care. Right. <laughs> I only like I do when somebody told us I was like, yeah, we're already doing it better than they are. Right. It's fine. I only looked at them the and other day. I listened to one and I was like, oh, oh it's yeah. really fine. Right. <laughs> um, I only looked at them that they changed their name the other day because it just popped in my head. That whole situation was so funny. Um, <clears throat> yeah. For those of you questioning why I'm dying, um, I woke up with a sinus, what I assumed to be a sinus infection. And then um, my mother-in-law was in this weekend and she just reported that she has 101.8 temperature. Um, and she was feeling fine when she got on the road three hours ago. So now I'm convinced that I have the coronavirus because I am in fact a hypochondriac and I've got herpes hands. Okay, but you... (laughs) (laughs) You like how I slipped that in there for you? But you also let a tiny child sneeze in your mouth. (laughs) You make it sound like I, like, that they asked permission. I was like, that sounds cool. No, no, no. He was talking. He just said my name and when I looked up, he attacked me. This is why you should always wear masks. Indoors, outdoors, when you're with family, when you're with friends, when you're by yourself, just wear a mask. <laughs> just in case you need to sneeze on I'd me. Hate to, like, I'd hate to like fight off an attacker, like a home invader, and then like die from coronavirus. <laughs> so if you're a home invader, please wear a mask. No, I actually had a nightmare about home invaders last night. That's why that was fresh on my brain. So let's just not home invade me at all. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, um, a woman I work I've been watching I'll Be Gone in the Dark oh is it good oh yeah it's fucking fantastic I figured it is but I just wanted you to tell me for sure because I do have that on my watch list on HBO Max so you know Billy Jensen and Paul Holes like and isn't Karen Kilgariff in it also like I haven't seen her yet but I think so okay yes I just thought wait maybe I did see Karen already I can't remember yeah um, well, when there's I'm, so many people in it. It's just unreal. And it's so well done. While I am um, laying on bed, feeling, laying in my bed, feeling sorry for myself, waiting for my mother-in-law's test results to come back to see if I need to go get tested. Maybe that's what I'll watch. There you go. So I have a couple of business things to take care of. Okay. Are you ready? No, but okay. So first of all, we're doing a giveaway. Yes. And if you leave us a rating slash review and then screenshot it and email it to us, 
We're going to put all those names in a hat, and we're going to draw for some free merch. Yes. So um, that's exciting. Yep. I'm really pumped about that. Additionally, go check out our Patreon. It is lit right now. Paul just started his first two-parter that is based on Tupac. And so I, in turn, am going to take the East Coast and tell you all all about Biggie Smalls. And it's so much fun. I'm so excited. Absolutely. I'm really pumped about that. I've done so much research. I think we should just do some rivals for a while. Yeah. And just pass them back and forth. Okay, so next time Paris Hilton and your Nicole Richie? Yeah. Okay. That would be a I mean, there's stark no crime contrast. Involved there, but... I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there is. Mm-hmm. And then finally, no, that's it. That's all I've got. Um, well, speaking of merch that you mentioned earlier, I mm-hmm. um, I told you this story, but it's still an interesting story. I was out to lunch with Sarah yesterday, two days ago, and I was wearing mm-hmm. my Weaponize Your Privilege shirt. And a woman stopped me and asked me where I'd gotten my shirt. Well, and first of all, I was like, well, there's this really phenomenal podcast called Lifetime Sentence. And I was like, the two hosts are hilarious, especially the guy. Like, he is so stinging funny. And he's a pretty chill person. And I know that because he's me. And I just kind of swept you away in that story. So you're welcome. But, um... Then, <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not scrolling through Facebook right now. You sure did sweep me away. No, I meant just got rid of you in favor of myself. Um, oh, like sure. pushed you yeah, under the rug. I'm the one who who said weaponize your privilege, and I haven't even gotten my shirt yet because it's at your house. Well, I was going to send it to you, but now I got a Lysol bath at first. I will send it to you in a bath of Lysol. Please. Um. In any case, um, it led to a really... I have to go order my own. I'll get, I'll send one to you, I promise. I'll order you one from the company and I'll keep this one. Um, so they... Um, it wound up a really wonderful conversation that ended up with me being asked to be uh, a community ally and a community liaison for a diversity committee at a u- local university. And so that's really awesome. So... Uh, Just riding my coattails uh, all the way to the bank. 100%. Um, so what I'm going to do is encourage everybody to buy a weaponize your privilege shirt, wear it out in public and have a conversation about it. Yes, do it. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. One more thing though. Uh, I do want to apologize. Apparently last week I did everything I could possibly do on my microphone. I sharpened a pencil. It was so loud. (laughs) I sharpened a pencil like directly into the microphone. I like pushed my microphone around. I rubbed things on it. That is my untreated ADHD coming out to play. And I apologize. (laughs) Oh, and now Winston says hello. I'm going to need you to get back on your medication and put Winston back on his, too. (laughs) All right. This week, I watched a film that has three names. Oh, great. I'm excited. So the way it was suggested to us by our listener, shout out. Shout out to Chrissy. Chrissy. Um was the Texas Cadet Murders, and that's what I'm going with. Um, 
Also, if you are a listener and you want us to cover a specific movie, slide into our DMs and maybe we will. Um, it also goes by Love Deadly Triangle. <laughs> I like that one. Okay. And my personal favorite, since it tells you absolutely nothing about the movie, Swearing Allegiance. <laughs> Knowing the case, I can see how they took a running leap and used a, like, pole vaulter's pole to get there. But, y'all, mm-hmm. come on. It's real bad. Um, it stars Holly Marie Combs. She plays Diane. You'll know her from Charmed, Picket Fences, Pretty Little Liars, and Mistresses. Mostly I know her from Charmed. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- David Lipper. He plays David. Um, first of all, Lifetime and Hallmark. This guy is your niche. He has been in some like crazy horror movies. Uh, a soap opera, and he was in Full House. So, oh, really? <laughs> he's like your Candace Cameron Bure on the man side. Go get him. That's and funny. He's really cute. So he was in The Unwilling, Dante's Peak, The Young and the Restless, and Full House and Fuller House. So he was Kimmy's boyfriend, Viper. Oh, oh, okay. I liked Viper. Yeah. Cassidy Ray, she plays AJ. She was in Lying Eyes, Melrose Place, Models Inc., Just Shoot Me, and Clarissa Explains It All. Really? Mm-hmm. Joanna Garcia Swisher, she plays Susie. Um, she, you will know her from Sweet Magnolia, which is the new Netflix series she's in. Um, How I Met Your Mother, Reba. Revenge of the Bridesmaids and being married to Nick Swisher. And Once Upon a Time. And getting to have sex with him, I assume, a lot. Nah. Actually, he gets to have sex with her. It's his True pleasure. Story. He is extremely attractive, though. Yowza. Um, and finally, we have Gary Grubbs and Kurt Fuller. They play the detectives, and I just call them Scully and Hitchcock directly from the 9-9. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Uh, so not only does this movie have a different title, three different titles, um, the credits last two minutes and 15 seconds. Oh my God. I know. We finally open with a car driving down a dark road. There's a guy and a girl in the car. I guess they're going parking in an industrial area, which is so romantic. Um, so the girl leans in to kiss him. But instead, he starts choking her. And then another girl pops up in the back seat, and they both start beating her in the head. That's not... You told me they were going parking. That's not what I thought you'd do. And Have I been no, doing it wrong? Not. No, you have not been doing it wrong. <laughs> okay. Please don't hit Sarah in the head next time. I would parking. never. Um, they push her out of the car with one hell of a head injury, but she gets up and starts walking slash running away at this point the guy gets out and starts following her she's literally crawling to get away from him and it's so sad she hits a gate and collapses on the other side the guy goes back to his car to collaborate with the mystery woman who hands him a gun and he shoots the girl 
that they injured twice. Not cool, bro. He and the mystery woman then speed away. Um, cut to what I assume is the past, even though there's no um, no indication that we've gone back in time. <sighs> Good times. Um, this A guy is writing about how he can't imagine his life without Diane, who he's in love with. This seems to be a high school. I have no idea what's happening. Diane and her friend are walking down the hall, swooning about Diane's boyfriend, David, who I hope is the guy writing about her, about writing about his unending love for her, because otherwise it's about to get real weird. Right. <laughs> Diane's friend laments, Susie laments about um, being hashtag forever alone, which girl, you her not. <laughs> also, they're what, 16, 17? Yeah. Um, and Diane just like, uh, kind of pats her on the hand and she's like, David and I are like the same person and we just love each other so much, et cetera, et cetera. Not a fan. Yeah. That night at a football game, Diane goes to see David present the colors. He's a Rotsy guy. This impresses her, I guess. So, yeah. I've never heard it called that. I almost asked you what that was, and then I figured it out because I do have a brain somewhere in there. But I've never heard anyone say Rotsy before. Oh my gosh, that's all we called it in high school. Um, the band then plays, and the movie shows the entire national anthem. Yes, that's the only song they paid for. <laughs> um, and then David talks more in a voiceover about how. He and Diane don't go to the same school, but it's okay because they created and lived in their own separate world. And I was like, um, that sounds dangerous. Yeah. Um, We've done several cases where people did that. I did a Patreon mm -hmm. where those two girls did that and one of them like killed the other one's mom. So like, let's not do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh my God, they have a secret I love you phrase. So I already hate them. The phrase is, quote, greenish brown female sheep. The fuck? That gets explained at the end, and it makes me hate it even more. <laughs> um, uh, so they make out at the football game and then go home to get it on. But Diane stops him because she wants to save her virginity for him. That... Later. That is like a, oh, okay. I wanted huh? to know if anybody else used that phrase and it popped up in Urban Dictionary, but then it says it was only used in the Texas Cadet murder movie. So that makes me feel better. I was going to be real mad if other Did people- Did you already spoil the ending? Well, I had figured half of it out, but no. I haven't spoiled it for anybody but myself, and that's because I'm really good at um, not waiting because I'm impatient and have ADHD. I'll I'm gonna make Sarah stop, start taking away your stuff when you record. Do you um, want me to sharpen my pencil directly into the microphone again? I mean, I don't care, but I think the people that listen would care. <laughs> and since they like uh, do nice things like donate to our Patreon and buy our merchandise, maybe you should try to make them happy. Anyways, 
tries to talk her out of saving herself. Um, so she's like, okay, we're now bound together forever. Um, and being a horny teenager, David's like, yeah, forever and ever, totally, yeah. So they do it. Um, do to do. The next day, they go ring shopping at a pawn shop and get engaged. That sounds, um, you know, I'm not going to judge people where they get their ring, but I still think 17 is too young to go ring shopping at a pawn shop for an engagement ring. I just think maybe you should not get engaged in the pawn shop. Oh, that's, he just like, that's the one. And then turning on one knee was like, with this ring, <laughs> Ivy wed. Perfect. Great. Love it. Hate it. He didn't even get on one knee. He just put it on her finger. That's not how you do any of that, sir. I'm an old-fashioned that way. Then he takes her to the drive-thru because what says love more than drive-thru chicken? Honestly, nothing. But... Nothing, right? God, I want some now. Mm-hmm. The girl at the drive-thru smiles at David, which seems to piss Diane off. Then some creepy dude comes to the place to spy on the drive-thru girl, so she has to run and hide from him. This is AJ. Um... Back in the car, Diane starts asking who the girl is. And David's like, oh, AJ, she's a sophomore. She runs cross country. And we cut to AJ at a cross country meet. And who's there to meet her at the finish line? David. I don't know why he's there exactly. But then later, it turns out he's on the cross country team, which was not made clear since he was wearing regular clothes. Right. AJ has to wrap her knee up with ice. And he flirts with her while he gets her some more ice. In the bus on the, her, the way home, sexy time music is playing because David is running his hands up and down her leg, then through her hair. Then they start making out. Diane, meanwhile, is at home arguing with her mother about whether she lost her virginity. Um, why the is, bus arrives back at... Hmm? I just want to know why it's an argument because A, it's nobody's damn business. And B, it's because nobody's damn business. Because Diane doesn't want to tell her and the mom wants to know. No, that's what I'm saying. It shouldn't be an argument (laughs) because, mom, it's none of your damn business. Right. Um, The bus arrives back at school and David drives AJ home. But first they pull off into the woods and get it on in the pouring rain. Well, you gotta. Yeah. David voiceovers while seeming to be in no pain at all that the event was meaningless and painful. Okay. (laughs) This is old school lifetime because they are very naked and the sex scene lasts for a long time. <laughs> oh, let me add it to my watch now. Yeah. I need a, need a little excitement <laughs> in my Rona-ridden life. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> this, um, after David's driving her home all quiet and AJ asks him, quote, you're not going to going steady with someone already, are you? I never see you with anyone from school. And he's like, nah, totally not seen anybody, especially not engaged to anyone. Everything's cool. Um, And AJ says, okay, cool. Going with the wrong guy can get you really seriously hurt in this town. I had to testify in court once after one of my friends got her face beat in. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, The next weekend or the next night or sometime later, I don't know. David brings Diane to the chicken place and parades her around in front of AJ. David's all zoned out and so Diane asks him what's wrong with him. At her house later she confronts him and asks him what's going on. 
So he confesses that he hooked up with AJ. Diane, first of all, misses nothing and says, oh, the girl from the chicken place? (laughs) Nice. And then she makes David tell her every single detail, which he ends with, quote, I had carnal knowledge of her. Okay, King James, chill out. Backwoods, West Texas, Southern Baptist nonsense is that? Oh, and they're not even in West Texas. Uh, They're in Texas, though. I know. Is it in East Texas? Yeah, it's DFW. It's it well it was uh, it was a crapshoot. It was either East Texas or West Texas. Yeah. It was not Central Texas. No, uh-uh. <laughs> it's uh, the Metroplex. Diane, of course, starts wailing and taking the Lord's name in vain and screaming about how I gave you my virginity for you for us. Uh, David voiceovers that for at least an hour she screamed like he never thought anyone could. Finally, Diane decides it's not David's fault because, quote, women have ways that make a man forget himself. And I'd just like to remind everyone of Matthew 5, 28 through 29, since these folks tend to be particularly over-obsessed with purity culture. Quote, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. This sentiment is also repeated in Matthew 18. Pick up a book, damn it. (laughs) I hate people like that. I'm sorry. I'll go on my soapbox every time. Uh, Anyways, Diane decides AJ must suffer the consequences. Diane decides AJ must suffer the consequences. David's like, whatever you say. So now AJ has to die? Um, That seems like a big leap, but... Uh-huh. David voiceovers that he didn't have hard feelings for AJ, but what Diane says goes. And this was the only way to satisfy her that he won't repeat his actions? I mean, um, Sure. Sure. I don't know how it plays out in the real story, but he seems to have, like, in the movie at least, a, he is easily controlled by other people. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Well, this, but then I'll tell you the other reason why later. Um, so AJ's at work and says goodnight to her coworkers, telling them she's going to go work out at night. Uh, hard pass for me, but good for her, I guess. Um, AJ goes home and she and her mom go to the gym, which is not as bad as I thought it was. I thought she was going to run like outside. Um, Meanwhile, Diane picks David up in his douchey camo pants. AJ tells her mom that maybe she wants to do psychologically, psychological, take a run and start. Okay. Slash behavioral analysis for a career. And I wrote, oh, she's one of us. Now I'm even more upset about her impending death. Right? At home, AJ is washing her face, etc., and gets a call. It's the boy she likes, Tracy. And then she gets another call through call waiting, and it's David. Um, I can't hear his side of the conversation, but apparently he asks her to meet him or something because he's, like, really upset. Um... Then she gets back on the phone with Tracy, the boy that she's dating, and lies about David, saying it was some guy named Brian. Okay. 
I didn't really get that. Um, this brought back memories because AJ is on a corded landline trying to talk with her entire family, just like buzzing around her. <laughs> wow. It made me think of the 90s. Right. Her parents finally go to bed, so AJ sneaks out to meet David in her socks. Like, she's not even wearing shoes. No. Um, thankfully, her brother wakes up to see the kind of car that drove away, but unfortunately, spoiler alert, he is not going to remember correctly. Um, uh, cut to the next morning. Some guy is walking across a rail bridge for a smoke and finds AJ's body. At AJ's house, everyone's running late, so AJ's mom is rushing around. Diane and David are studying at her house, you know, like normal, no big deal. We definitely didn't kill someone last night. Um, police are now all over the crime scene. The ME shows the detective defensive wounds and that and says she thinks she was either dead or dying when she was shot. Um, Diane is taking her tests at school. David's going to classes at his school. AJ's mom is searching everywhere for her. Down at the crime scene, the weird guy from her work is there crying in the grass and being an absolutely perfect red herring. Um, Love it. The detectives tell AJ's mom that she's dead. Literally, they say, quote, I'm sorry, Mrs. Jones, your daughter's dead. Great. That's how I want people to break news to me. She goes inside and manages to sit down. Then they tell her that AJ was murdered and she, of course, loses it. Um, I hate these detectives. They're like the slowest guys on the block. <laughs> Hence the nicknames Hitchcock and Scully. Um, they start asking about phone calls, etc. And her mom says that Tracy called and someone else. Um, David, she thinks. AJ's mom says she thought maybe she went running, but then realized both of her pairs of running shoes were at the house. Oh. AJ's Mom starts sobbing again. One of the detectives just gets up and walks out of the room. Um. Well, why not? He's like, oh my god, emotion. I have to go. Right? <laughs> I'm not trained for this. <clears throat> so... Um... Do-do-do-do. What happened? The other one hugs AJ's mom. Her brother tells the detective that he saw a white pickup truck and I screamed at the TV. No, you did it. At David's school, they make a full on PA announcement that Adrian is dead. Like this is the weirdest shit ever. Um, Good morning, class. Today, remember, this is a B day. Um, Also for lunch is um, a grilled chicken salad with a side of sweet potato tots and AJ has died. Thank you. (laughs) What just shows like random people in the school like sobbing and I was like, what is this? (laughs) Um, David gets pulled out of class and asked if he called AJ the night before, but he says no, definitely not. Not him, even though he's the only David on the track team. It was for sure not him. Great. Um, it was um, It was actually Michael James David Flinderson. You probably don't know him, but he's got a lot of names, and one of them is definitely David. He just transferred to, I don't know where, right. to. Right. He goes to another <laughs> school. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
David voiceovers says that first day of school was the hardest. <laughs> I was like, you're the fucking worst. I hate you. Oh, I'm not sure if it made it into my notes, but while I'm thinking about it, in his confession letter, because I read his and Diane's, um, mm-hmm. he says that that time at school was harder than any amount of basic training he went through. That face is how I felt when I read it. Oh, my Lord. Okay. So later, um, he gets questioned by... David gets questioned by Detective Tweedledee. And Tracy gets questioned by Detective Leaves the Room When Women Dare to Show Emotion. Um, My two favorite detectives. Mm-hmm. David tells the detective for sure he wasn't dating AJ because he is engaged to be married and he is joining the military and he is a fine, upstanding young man and he's won like a lot of swimming meets. Okay. Right. And so when you have a promising swimming career. Mm -hmm. I hate everything. Okay. So they go to question some guy. Oh, and so Tracy tells the other detective that the guy who called was named Brian, not David. So they go to question this guy named Brian, who is also, like, super weird for some reason. Um, Seriously, what town is this? Like, I don't understand. (laughs) Is everyone on meth? Like, what's happening? Um, Brian says he doesn't remember anything because he was shammered and also on pills. So he doesn't remember what he did that night. Perfect. Um, the detectives bring on the a- bring in the A-team interrogators. They start bullying him and trying to get him to confess. Good Lord, they're so wrong. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Great. David and Diane are at church, and Diane freaks out. David talks her down by saying that unsolved cases are more the norm than solved ones, and things don't happen like they do on TV. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Diane tells him they need to toe the line and become the pillars of morality. Wait, they need to toe the line and become pillars of morality. Gross. Um, so they both apply to military academies because what they need is more guns. Right. David gets into the Air Force Academy first, then West Point. And Diane gets into the Naval Academy. Um, Back at the police station, they're still chasing this Brian lead. A SWAT team goes in the dark. Wait, where's the... Um, There's a part... I'm sorry, there's a part where they're questioning Brian and his dad, like, comes in and, like, drags him out. Oh, Okay, yeah, so finally, Brian's dad shows up and takes him home, threatening the detectives the whole way. Then a SWAT team goes in the dark and breaks down Brian's door with a search warrant and an arrest warrant and take Brian to jail. Um, Diane and David are at a ceremony for David for his acceptance into the academy. He tells Diane he will never stop loving her, and she says, quote, You better not, not with what I have on you. Uh Uh-uh. This all is intercut with the Brian's arrest, which is pretty damn, like, it was shocking, and I liked it. Um, back at the crime scene, AJ's friends are poking around while Brian takes a lie detector test and passes. So he's cleared as a suspect immediately. Great. Which is not how lie detector tests work now, but that's okay. 
um, a memorial service is held at school for AJ. They plant a tree. Um, David starts crying and looking real scared. Back at Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Scully and Hitchcock are working real hard to try and solve this case. They go back to David's <coughs> file and espouse every great things while I roll great thing about him while I roll my eyes into the stratosphere. <laughs> um, they, because they're like, oh, he couldn't have done it because he's going to the the Air Force Academy. He couldn't have done it. He's he's the corporal of his ROTC whatever. He couldn't have done it because he's with this girl. Like it's so stupid. So what they're actually saying is he couldn't have done it because he's a white boy. That's really yeah. what. Okay. I mean, Brian was a white boy too, so I don't want to say that. Oh, for sure. but also not weird. Yeah. True. Okay. Except actually, really weird. Right. <laughs> um. David and Diane go to prom, and Diane's friend Susie pulls Diane aside to go to the bathroom and catch up on all the latest gossip about AJ's death. And also, I just want to point out, don't they go to different schools? Why is everyone from both schools at the same prom? Yeah, that's weird, because this all happened in Mansfield, Texas. Yeah, of course the rumor spreads like wildfire because high school, but nobody really believes it. Diane... Wait, did I tell you the rumor? No. Good grief. I'm in a <laughs> fucking mess today. Um, so the gossip is that um, that Diane killed um, AJ with a baseball bat because um, she slept with David. And she's like, well, that's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> And so, of course, like, the rumor starts going around and everyone's like, oh, come on. Like, and... Like, even AJ's friends are like, oh, yeah, and first I heard they got abducted by aliens. Like, <laughs> That's funny. But also awful, um, because... Yeah. Diane, meanwhile, tells David about the rumor, and he starts freaking out. So she talks him down again and convinces him that they have more opportunities than they ever could want. And it would be a shame to waste them just because of a silly thing like murdering someone. Um, David voiceovers that he regrets all of this now, including how in love with Diane he was. AJ's mother goes to talk to the detectives about what's going on with her with her daughter's um, murder investigation. So I forget that Skype uses my um, AirPods because mm -hmm. our recording equipment uses my microphone. And uh -huh. so I pause the microphone to cough and then you stop talking. And I'm like, why doesn't she keep going? Can she see me coughing? No. <clears throat> solved. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. BuzzFeed Sorry. unsolved. Figured it out. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm coughing directly into <laughs> your ear because I thought I was saving you. Oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, so she goes to talk to the detectives about um, what's going on in her daughter's investigation. She tells, and it's the nice detective that hugged her that's there, thankfully. Okay. And she tells him that she wears something of AJ's every day and begs them not to stop trying to find who, who killed her. Oh. Um, David takes off for the Air Force Academy. He walks down the tarmac, blast from the past. That doesn't happen anymore. Right. <laughs> Diane tells her mom that she has a terrible feeling that everything is ending. Um... Diane goes to the Naval Academy, where their very first lecture is on the honor code. And if you have no honor, you don't deserve to be there. It shows Diane doing PT, standing in the rain, etc. Then she notices a... When she comes back to her room one day, she notices a black mark on her whites. And a button falls off her uniform shirt. And so, 
that's it. It's all over. Oh, man. She breaks down. <laughs> you know, but I have had those days where that's not the yeah. thing I'm really upset about, but like. Oh, I know. And there was a fly by milkshake and I fucking hate everything. Like. Yeah, but she killed someone, so I don't feel sorry. No, for I don't feel sorry for um, her. I just, I get it is what I'm saying. She breaks down and cry, runs crying to one of her friends in the academy who tells her he would never tell anyone and then they make out. Good. I was like, what? <laughs> um, I can't handle all the romance in this movie. It's too much. Right. It's like a Hallmark movie on um, extra romantic On steroids. acid. Um, yeah. Later, she's talking to her roommates. And you know how I say the only re- uh, secret you can keep is the one you keep with yourself? Uh-huh. I guess now that she spilled the beans once, she can't stop spilling the beans. So she tells uh, so more she people? she tells all of her roommates. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Now, is this like a barracks set up and there's like 38 people Cadet Kelly style? And... No, it's like two. Okay. Because they're, they're on a boat, so it's not like Oh, that's barracks. right. That's um, right. Yeah. Um, so her friends, her roommates are like, Great. And then the next day, Diana's pulled aside to be interviewed by... The, nine, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine's very best detectives. She plays stupid at first, which was, in fact, actually stupid. Um, <laughs> she says that what she told her roommates was completely made up, that she wanted to impress them. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. That's my favorite lie I've ever heard. Listen, okay, so there was a room full of women, and I was intimidated by them. And I, I know that to be an alpha, you have to prove that you're strong. So I told them I fucking killed a girl. Come at me, bro. Um, she gets a furlough um, from the Academy to go home um, and, quote, unquote, rest while this is all, quote, unquote, cleared up. Um, the detectives are walking through the airport talking about how badly they fucked this up. <laughs> True story. Um, meanwhile, Diane takes her orders and flies to Colorado to see David. She tells him about what happened. And David loses his marbles again. These two are unstable. Um, What gave it away? She tells them they have to stick together um, and everything will be fine. Diane then blames the honor code violations at play here on her fellow officers and not herself the murderer. Well, if those motherfuckers hadn't ratted me out. Yeah. Okay, sure, Jan. They start interviewing people from David's school who start spilling their guts. One of David's friends tells the detectives about the night of the murder when Diane and David just randomly snuck into his house covered in blood and asking for clothes while throwing up and crying in his bathroom. Oh, just cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, David and Diane pep talk each other about how they'll get through this and they'll be together forever and ever. So David gets interviewed. He doubles down that he didn't kill AJ. They ask him to take a polygraph. And after um, some uh, prodding by his commanding officer, he agrees. Um, So we've. So wait. So he fails. He big fat fails the polygraph. And then he confesses. um, When he gets backed into a corner. So they come back and they're like, we know you did it. And he's like, no, I didn't do it. And then his. Uh-huh. His commanding officer is like, son, it's part of the honor code. You have to 
tell us the truth now. You got to tell us what happened because that's how to be honorable. That's what I'm going to start doing with my middle schoolers when I suspect they're lying. Like, okay, mm-hmm. listen, it's part the honor code says you can't lie to me. <laughs> but that's why I think that he's so like easy, easily like controlled is because like as long as someone's telling him what to do, he does it. Right. He would have been great so for the military. Like, I would be awful because I question mm-hmm. and argue with everything. He was, like, perfect for the military. Yeah, he'd be like, I'd be like, uh, PT? No thanks. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> sign me up for that. No. So he types out a confession and we flash back to the night of the murder and David calling AJ from a payphone. She gets in his car and they drive out to the lake. Diana's hiding in the back seat. David types that the plan was to, quote, break her young neck and sink her into the lake with weights that ended up being used to hit her in the head. First of all, is this supposed to be some kind of Shakespeare tragedy? Get <laughs> out of here with that nonsense. Look, we've already so said carnal knowledge, to- so I don't know why you're surprised at this point. So, of course, he fails to break her neck because that looks a lot easier in the movies. Um so they start to struggle, and Diane holds her hair. Then David holds her while Diane hits her in the head with a weight. Um, AJ manages to climb out the window. So I thought they'd thrown her out the window. She, like, fought her way out the window. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so David goes back to the car and gets the gun while he voiceovers that it was, at that point, it was either her or them. Then he was confused and scared, so they um, ran away. Diane's first words as he gets back into the car are, oh, David, we shouldn't have done that. Great. Perfect timing. Um, he says he just wanted to wake up and start the day over. David tells him that he, the gun is at his house and he gets arrested much to his own shock. <laughs> I think he thought he was going to tell them what happened and they were going to be like, good job uh, holding up the honor code. Have fun at military academy. Yeah, not how that uh, works. Diane, no, Diane also gets arrested and um, finally explains the greenish brown female sheep. Greenish brown is olive. Female sheep is you. All of you. I love you. I hate it even more. And I didn't think that was possible. Um, on his perp walk, he tells the reporters that he just wants to tell Diane, I love you. AJ's mother goes to visit the tree at the school and wraps AJ's scarf that she's been wearing in it and cries while uplifting music plays in the background. The end. So, do you want to know the worst part? No. This was very close to the actual case. Oh my god. Now, to clear up, because you were asking, you asked a couple of questions about this backwoods town so as i mentioned it's in the metroplex it's mansfield texas and um as recently as two or three years ago um my niece and nephew went to school in mansfield they no longer do and they had the world's best art teacher um and that art teacher was transferred from the elementary school to the high school first she was put on administrative leave ask me why she was put on administrative Mm -hmm. leave why was she put on administrative leave for being a lesbian Uh uh-huh is this that footloose town (laughs) so um 
she was showing her like welcome back to school video i mean slideshow and she one of the pictures in the slideshow was a picture of her and her wife dressed like nemo and dory on halloween and a student asked who is that and she said oh well that's my wife and um that was the end of the conversation but parents got up in arms because she was as we talk about all the time she was in fact spreading her gay agenda and trying to um make all the little children in that room lesbians cool so So i hate this place uh uh-huh they haven't gotten any better is what i'm telling you yeah um because yeah let's just go ahead and cancel this school and start over with a new one right because again she was the world's best art teacher my niece and nephew would come home and tell me all the stuff they'd learned from her and they like they knew all these different art techniques and famous artists and why they were famous and why they were influential and like much more than any elementary school art teacher i've ever heard of doing that's so cute um, also your dress is dory and nemo right that's precious right it's adorable fuck everyone that thought that was terrible i think that's adorable and yes. i hope she has a good job and a new district that treats her like a princess she deserves it so mm, to get into this awful wonderful case uh my sources are um wikipedia always um murderpedia i found a really good article from court tv written by brian robinson um I got an article from the Dallas News and I watched an episode of People Magazine Investigates on ID. Ooh. Yeah. Which That's a good show. Yes, it is. Um so So David Graham and Diane Zamora first met each other on uh, or in 1991 while they were both enrolled in a um search and rescue training class in the civil air patrol, which is an auxiliary organization of the air force. And it teaches like civilians, the basics of military life. So Mm -hmm. David Graham was the youngest of four children. And he was described by his friends and neighbors in Mansfield, Texas, as a perfect gentleman who always said, yes, sir. And no, sir. When he addressed people. Well, that's it. He's innocent. Right. Um, his parents were both former next case, right? Case dismissed worlds dismissed. We got it. Um, Mm -hmm. so his parents were both former teachers and he was like an honor roll student and he was on the track team. And then he was a battalion commander for the junior ROTC program. Um, he kept a close cropped hairstyle. Like he was already in the military yeah. And kept a very businesslike well, demeanor. All of our guys, all of our guys did that. They made them. I've said, I'm sure it's regulation, but it's not like yeah. he had a trendy, close cropped hairstyle because you can't have. No, it was so- like a military. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I, there are pictures of him and like the picture of him and Diane that became super popular from this case. They were like babies. It's really heartbreaking to look at. Oh. So, um, he. Uh, let's see. 
Diane Zamora was the oldest child of an electrician and a nurse. She was a member of the National Honor Society. She was very involved at her school. She belonged to several clubs. She went to Crowley High School, which is a neighboring school from Mansfield High School, but I'm talking like like 10 minutes drive from each other. So very close. Um, Mm -hmm. At the time of her high school graduation, Diane Zamora was scheduled to enter the Naval Academy in Annapolis. And um, David Graham was scheduled to enter the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Right. So. um, Which are both like extremely difficult to get into. Right. Um, So like mad props for real. Right. So Diane came from a very religious family. Um, You mentioned that purity culture earlier and that is what she grew up in. Um, Mm -hmm. she devoted herself to her study. She was very careful about whom she dated, um, and who she was associated with. Um, she found most high school boys immature with the exception of David, which if David's what she, if David's what she saw as the pinnacle of maturity, then like, Ooh, girl. I mean, but also all high school boys are immature. Oh, 100%. Um, Every single one. She. She uh, was viewed by her teachers and former classmates as, quote, not unfriendly. Mm, <laughs> Which... That's a glowing review if I've ever heard one. <laughs> right. Um, she was not necessarily considered like a socialite at her school. Um, friends and family of the couple said that David and Diane were just basically obsessed with each other. Their relationship seemed intense. They started dating in August of 1995, and only about a month later, they announced their engagement to their families. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd planned to marry okay. each other in the year 2000, shortly after they had graduated from their respective academies. And... Um, but some of their friends were pretty outspoken with how it seemed like an un- unhealthy obsession with each other. No, f- mm-hmm. go figure. Right. Um, so according to reports, yeah. Diane, um, <laughs> reporter, no supporters of Diane claimed that David was very dominating in the relationship that he always had his arm around Diane and that he, um, would refuse to let her family hug her during her high school graduation. Um, now these are just alleged reports, but it's worth noting. Um, those same people say that David persuaded Diane to run on the school track team, despite the fact that she didn't even enjoy running. Um, Mm -hmm. others, however, claim that Diane was overly possessive and had an obsession. These friends and relatives claim that Diane allegedly made David quit a couple of his jobs because, um, it took too much time from their relationship. And, um, Diane's family actually publicly said that she was so completely in love with David that she could barely have a conversation without mentioning him. Allegedly, Diane told her friends that her bond with David was quote, pure and not an ordinary love. So, um, extraordinarily this, no, that's not what I typed at all. Don't know what I was going for. So this pure love between David and Diane was put to the test when he met Adrian Jones. She was called AJ by her friends Mm -hmm. and she was a popular sophomore at David's school in Mansfield. According to her family right. and her friends, 
like Diane, AJ studied hard in school, but she, uh, on the other hand, was a socialite whom teachers and classmates remembered as having like great school spirit. Um, she, one teacher said she had, um, she was surprised that Adrian was not on the school's cheerleading squad because of like how full of energy and pride for her school she was. Um, she, but it could also be, well, and I know schools are different, especially I'm assuming it's a smaller school. Yeah. The town was between so 10 like, and 15,000 at, at this time. You couldn't do cheerleading and something else. You had to, you had to pick one. Really? And that was it. Mm-hmm. See, I went to a little school where you could do everything. And so there just wasn't time. Like, right. There wasn't. Yeah, we, I mean, it was a super 5A, and right every pra- every team practice year-round, there just wasn't time to be on more than one team. Right, and that's not how my hometown was. But again, it was small. It was about the size that Mansfield was at this time, and um, you could be in the band and the cheerleader and be on track, and <laughs> many of my friends were involved in everything. See, and it, it, well, it's crazy, too, because... When you get up to the, like the huge schools, they have, you know, some of the sports. You can be in different sports, but if you're like a cheerleader or a band member or a dancer, like you can't because when it's not football season, you know, in the spring we're doing competition, right? So we're gone constantly, right? Yeah. So um, it sucks. Now he was in the choir too, so you know, right? Got to do a little bit of fun stuff. Um, so anyway, Adrian was just kind of remembered as this really beautiful girl who spent a lot of time on her makeup and was a big flirt. She was a straight A student and she planned to be a vet. Um, she was the oldest of her siblings. She had two younger brothers and she was very close with her mother. Um, she was generally responsible. She wasn't involved in like drugs or like the local general mischief. Um, sure. But um, her parents also made her adhere to really strict rules. Um, they didn't allow her to talk on the phone past 10. If she went to the movies, her father was known to ask her to pre- to give him a ticket stub when she came back as evidence, which is a little far if you're asking me. Um, yeah. And it was only shortly before her murder that she was allowed to stay out bef- like past 9 o'clock on weekends. She wasn't considered a rebel. Um, Her parents were mostly just concerned about protecting her. They were just kind of overprotective parents. It's not like they suspected she was doing anything. They were just overly protective. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, of course, none of this stopped her, and it never stops anyone from from her sneaking out to go to parties and to see her boyfriend. She'd recently started dating a new guy named Tracy, and uh, he went to a different school mm-hmm. not too far away, and it was just one of those cute budding relationships. Um, she was also a member of Mansfield's cross-country team, which is where she met David. The two became friends, but no one suspected that they were like attracted to each other, especially because he was obsessed with that girl from another school. Um, mm-hmm. So, which is funny, like in this rendition, like she's or er, rendition it's she says like oh you're not i don't see you with anybody like are you dating someone else and he was like no so it's just weird um aj in fact like they were so like 
uns- like nobody suspected that they had any type of like relationship with each other to the point that she didn't even have his number in her like address book. Do you remember when people kept address books and not cell phones? Yes, her address book was in the movie, and I was like, whoa. Really? I have tried to keep one forever, and I cannot do it. Yeah. I have this really cute Kate Spade, like, um, address book, and I cannot, like, write in it, because I know I'm just going to screw it up. I get that. So, um, during a track meet in Lubbock on the first weekend of November 1995, they... um, the quote that I found said, um, David Graham and Adrian Jones became much more than casual acquaintances. Um, no one knows whether they stayed up late all night talking or nobody remembers seeing them like together. However, when the track team referred to, returned to Mansfield on November 4th, AJ had asked David to drive her home, but they didn't go directly to her house. They He parked behind... Uh, an elementary school, which he said in his confession letter was AJ's request. And that's where they had sex. Also, that is victim blaming. Uh Uh-huh. And also illegal. Um, If they had gotten caught, they would have both had to register sex offenders. (laughs) Well, I think it was at night. I don't think anyone was there because it was a, or it was a weekend because it was a weekend track meet. Um, I still think like on campus. Yeah, but I don't think it would make you a registered sex offender. I think it would just be public indecency because there's no one there to see. I don't know. I'm not a cop and cops aren't cops. So, um, yeah. So at David's trial, in fact, the prosecutor, like the prosecutors and the defense said that, um, there was not actually a sexual encounter between David and Adrian. The prosecutor said that David made up the, um, the encounter to try to make Diane mad. The defense believed that Diane had created this affair in her own mind. Right. Mm -hmm. So he becomes allegedly ridden, like guilt ridden over what he'd done. And, um, when one of his friends finds out, he's adamant that he has to be the one to tell Diane that nobody else can. So, um, he typed the world's strangest confession letter, and I sure did read it. So I um, pulled some of his. This is his confession to having sex with AJ. Uh huh. Several things. Like, Great. I mean, it's a good job. It's a good idea to put that in writing. Uh huh. Oh no, this is the confession letter he gave the um, the police, like toward at the end of it all. So I have his. Oh. He typed a confession letter himself whenever he went to trial. So I have a copy of his confession letter that I'm about to read that explains what happened when he told Diane about having sex with AJ. Oh, okay. 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 I got you. Okay. I was like, wait, we missed like a whole half of the story. (laughs) He says, quote, for at least an hour, she screamed sobs that I wouldn't have thought possible. It wasn't just jealousy for Diane. She had been betrayed, deceived and forgotten all in that one meaningless instant in November. The purity which she held so dear had been tainted in that one unclean act. Diane had always held her virginity as one of her highest virtues. When we agreed to be married, she finally let her guard down long enough for our teenage hormones to kick in. When this precious relationship we had was damaged by my thoughtless actions, the only thing that could satisfy her 
womanly vengeance, he wrote. <laughs> so, straight up, they say these words, like those that ex- they read that exact like phrase or that exact paragraph in the movie. And I was like, this is too fucking ridiculous to write down because nobody would actually say it. Oh, he said it. Um, the only thing that could satisfy her womanly vengeance was the life of the one that had for an instant taken her place. It's like, he thought he was writing some kind of Robert Jordan wheel of time novel that he just had to throw in his yeah, own like, like narration. It sounds like Shakespearean tragedy. Ugh. Um, allegedly. No, I feel about that. Right. Allegedly, Diane believed that the only way David could prove his love for her and atone for his moment of weakness was to kill AJ. So prosecutors Mm -hmm. claim that the two proceeded to plot Adrian Jones's murder together. Um, So this is more of his confession letter. Diane's parents had similar problems in their relationship. She knew her father had often cheated on her mother. Diane didn't want Adrian to be the same woman for me that her father had in his affair. The request of Adrian's life was not for a second taken lightly by me. I couldn't even believe she would ask that of me. Well, Diane's beautiful eyes have always played the strings of my heart effortlessly. I couldn't imagine life without her. Not for a second did I want to lose her. (laughs) Sorry, apparently I'm choking on this. I couldn't imagine life without her. Not for a second did I want to lose her. I didn't have any harsh feelings for Adrian, but no one could stand between me and Diane. I was totally in love with her and always will be. Little ditty about David and Diane. (laughs) So, um, on December 3rd, 1995, David and Diane carry out their plan. Late that night, around 10.30, David calls and arranges a date with Adrian. Adrian's mother had answered the phone and allowed her to receive the call, despite the fact that it was um, after 10 o'clock, because David um, identified himself as David from the cross-country team, and then she told, like, the mom told Adrian, uh, he sounds a little depressed, so you should talk to him. Unbeknownst to her parents, Adrian snuck snuck out of her house later that night to go out with David, who picked her up outside. Um, So then prosecutors say that David drove to a deserted road near Grand Prairie, Texas, which is where my favorite outlet mall is. Mm -hmm. Um, Diane was hiding in the hatchback of the car. And then according to reports, the original plan was that Diane would come up behind Adrian, who was seated there, and snap her neck. Just like casual. Um, then, Yeah, because everyone thinks that's like super simple to do. Right. Then um, David... You haven't got a military academy yet, David. Maybe wait till you take that class. I don't know. Then David would help dump the body in a nearby lake. Um, David and Diane planned to tie weights to Adrian's body so that it would sink to the bottom mm-hmm. of the lake. However, things didn't go as planned. When Diane grabbed Adrian, a, st- a struggle broke out. Um, David... <laughs> I typed the entire thing again. Like, I typed Wait. the entire story again. Uh, <laughs> let me find where she was. Shoot. Um... see 
Okay, so she, in Diane's confession, she said that when David stopped the car, she came out from the hatchback and asked AJ if she'd had sex with, with David. Um, she claimed that AJ said that she had, but hadn't enjoyed it because she felt guilty. So Diane became enraged, and in both Diane and David's um, confessions, um, there was a struggle, and Diane hit AJ in the head with the weights, and and AJ yes. fought back. Then Adrian got out of the car and ran into a field. According to his confession, um, Diane told David that he could not let Adrian get away, so David takes his gun, tracks Adrian down in the field, and shoots her twice in the head. Which I just feel like is still a little overkill, but what do I know? Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, more from his confession letter. Great. I could see in Diane's eyes that she was confused and scared. She was first acting out of passionate rage but now she was fighting from instinct adrian had somehow crawled through the window and to our horror ran off i was panicky and just grabbed the makarov nine millimeter to follow to our relief at the time she was too injured from the head wounds to go far she ran into a nearby field and collapsed i wanted to just jump in and drive and drive off we were both shaken and even surprised by the nature of our actions Neither Diane nor myself were ever violent people. In that short instant, mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't leave the key witness to our crime alive. I just pointed and shot. I was very confused and scared. I probably looked like the proverbial headless chicken running around the crime scene. I fired again and ran to the car. Diane and I drove off. The first things out of our mouths were, I love you. Followed by Diane's, we shouldn't have done that, David. And then... I am not fucking kidding. He typed, well, nice time to tell me. I j- Wait, so after you kill somebody and she says we shouldn't have done that, that's when you're like, oh, hey, maybe this was a bad idea. Yeah. Well, also, interestingly enough, and I don't know if he did this for real and I don't know how they would ever be able to tell, but in my mind, he did. When he goes to shoot her. Uh-huh. He closes one eye. <laughs> he like points and he's like. <laughs> it cracked me up and I was like, dude, don't do that. How he hit her is beyond me. <laughs> so, um, let's see. I just wanted it to be a dream. We took the quickest route to I-20 where we decided to head to a well-trusted friend's home. John Green did exactly as I suspected, allowed us through his window, the usual entrance to his room, allowed us to clean up and collect our wits, and even loaned me a pair of shorts. My clothing had bloodstains on them, and we disposed of them in a dumpster near Diane's house. You know, I was, uh, what was I listening to? Somebody brought up, like, who, did you ever climb through your friend's windows? No, I've always been fat. There's not a window big enough for me. Why is that a trope on every teenage show? Like, oh, I'm just going to climb through the window. Dawson's Creek. The ladder uh, for Pacey. by the bell. Yep. Um, Clarissa explains it all. Clarissa explains it all. <laughs> all of them. So the next morning, um, Adrian's mom gets up to get ready for the day, and she hears Adrian's alarm clock going off. 
After a few minutes without Adrian turning it off, Linda, the mom, goes upstairs to check on her. And she sees that Adrian's bed is still made. So she assumes that Adrian got up and, like, made her bed and went for a morning run. But then she looks over and her running shoes are still on the floor. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's when Linda starts to try to steal herself. And then a friend comes to pick Adrian up for school. And that's when Linda really gets scared. Um... By the time she calls Mansfield High School to ask if Adrian had checked in for the day, she already was sure that she knew the answer. Meanwhile, in a town 10 miles away, a farmer noticed a wrapped figure in his field, afraid it had been a dump by a gang or drug dealer, both of whom had dumped things on his property before. He called the police immediately. When police arrived, they found Adrian lying in a white sweatshirt, black shorts, and no shoes on, just socks. Her skin had been ripped from the barbed wire that they pushed her through. Her head was smashed in. She had multiple gunshot gunshot wounds in her head. Her hands were grasping stalks of grass in the field, and that's how investigators knew that she'd been shot there. Um, And she had taken her final breath in the field, clenching the grass for dear life. Police actually immediately assumed it was the work of a local gang. It looked like a hit had been taken out on a 16-year-old, and they start to work it up as a... Um, as a hitman situation. But investigators had no idea who the message could be intended for. Right. So the murder of Adrian Jones goes unsolved for nearly nine months. Um, a police did question David Graham. Can imagine being her mother. Right. Ugh. Police did question D- David Graham about her death a few days after the murder. But because of his upstanding reputation and little to no connection to AJ, police didn't even give him a lie detector test. He was just ruled out as a possible suspect at that time. He was a very promising swimmer, okay? Listen, you don't know. He just got 20 minutes of action. Yeah. Why throw away his whole life? Right. So, in the months following AJ's, uh, in the months following AJ's murder, David enters the Air Force Academy and Diane goes to Annapolis. Um, and during that summer, it appeared that David was successfully completing his basic training, but Diane was having a lot more difficult time adjusting to military life and um, having withdrawals from David because they were just so in love. Mm-hmm. So she confesses her murder, like confesses the murder to two of her roommates during a late night conversation in August Diane tells her roommates that she and David loved each other so much that they had to kill for one another. Um, no, no, they did. She did no, no. actually, um, tell another friend that she'd met, um, about it. And, um, he didn't take her seriously, so he didn't report it to anybody. But then when he found out the investigation was underway, he actually went and turned himself in and resigned from, um, the Naval Academy because he had broken the honor code, even if it was unintentional. Mm-hmm. So he actually held himself to an right. actually high standard. That's um, good. So only someone did. Right. So, um, so Diane's roommates reluctantly report her story to the Naval chaplain who then report the story to the Naval attorney, attorney, that's a word the naval attorney mm-hmm. at annapolis um and so police in the dfw area were immediately contacted david and diane initially deny killing aj when questioned by the police 
However, they were both arrested in September of 1996, soon after David failed a polygraph test and confessed his role in Adrian's murder. Um, Diane also gave a statement to the police, but David seems to be the one that a lot of the case was hinged on. Mm-hmm. Police later recovered the murder weapon and several dumbbells from David Graham's uh, home in Mansfield. Um, and mm-hmm. Zamora's Diane's two week trial begins February, 1998, which is a year and a half later in Fort Worth. Um, Linda, Adrian's mom actually asked that the death penalty be removed as a sentencing option. Um, so the statement she gave was one teenager's life was cut short. It shouldn't be three people whose lives are cut short. Right. But I mm-hmm. choose to believe that Petty, her. I choose to believe that Petty spite filled Paul, um, wants her to have been like, they have to suffer for a long time since my daughter didn't get to live a long life, but probably right. Linda is mm-hmm. just a nice person and I'm not. Probably. <laughs> Um, during the trial, Diane admitted to being at the scene of the crime, but denied participating in, um, the killing of Adrian, the, her roommates who, um, she confessed to, and another witness stated that she never showed any remorse when she talked about it. The, wow. So the case gets national media attention and. Excuse me, sorry. And um, actually gives Court TV some of the highest ratings it's ever had. Nice. <laughs> um, some of the interest centered on whether Diane was a submissive victim or a jealous driving force behind the murder. And that was kind of the the two narratives that were being written. Um, so under Texas law, murder is the intentional killing of a human being while capital murder mm-hmm. includes murder with an underlying felony of kidnapping, robbery, aggravated sexual assault, arson, or obstruction. So, right. um, in this case, the prosecutor believed that Adrian was lured from her home by Graham asking her for a bogus date or she would not have gotten into the car. So the prosecutor is trying to create this case that, um, Zion, that I try to mix her first and last name, that Diane, um, committed obstruction mm-hmm. when he, when she ordered David to stalk Jones into the field and shoot her so that she couldn't tell the authorities. So they're painting this case that she was lured out because Diane was the mastermind. And then that Diane tried to obstruct the testimony of a witness. Right. The jury mm-hmm. was asked to deliberate on the charges of capital murder or the lesser charges of assault, kidnapping and false imprisonment. Um, after, so on February 17th, After more than six hours of deliberations over two days, the jury found Diane guilty of capital murder in the death of Adrian Jones. Because of Jones's family's request, the prosecutors didn't seek the death penalty. Um, So Diane received a mandatory sentence of life imprisonment and would be eligible for parole after 40 years. On July 24th, 1998, uh, after a separate trial, a a... Jury found David guilty of capital murder as well. Um, So he, um, let's see. 
I don't know what I was trying to write here. So I'm just going to skip ahead. Um, so David Richards, who was Diane's attorney, used the testimony from... Um, oh, okay. That's what I was writing. So on this separate trial, David had... Um, they presented two witnesses at this trial. Wendy Bartlett, who was also on the track team with David, and the track coach, Lee Ann Burke. Um, they stated that Bartlett was the one who drove Jones home after the meet on November 4th and that David had left earlier, leaving Jones and Bartlett to put away the equipment from the meet. Um, so they alleged that David did not drive Adrian home on the night that he claimed to have had sex with her. Um, which he had said in his trial that he didn't have sex with her. Um, and that's where the defense was. I mean, the, um, prosecution said that David had made the whole thing up just to make Diane jealous. So then because of, because of this testimony that the coach said that it wasn't David who drove Adrian home that night so that this original, um, sex couldn't have happened. David Richards, who was Diane's attorney, takes that testimony and, um, tries to create an appeal for Diane. He makes this petition in 2005 and states that the prosecution withheld this information during Diane's trial. Um, but, um, it never goes anywhere. So, they are both sent to prison and for weeks they exchange love letters in jail. Um, but eventually they fall out of love. Because apparently distance doesn't make the heart grow fonder. No. Um, So in 2003, Diane marries another inmate, Steve Mora, by proxy without ever meeting face-to-face. They just exchange letters. And then David also gets married by proxy in 2010. And then we have my favorite crime-to-crime connection we have ever had on this show. Oh, goody. In a lower court complaint from 2017, Diane alleged that in June of 2015, other inmates ganged up on her and everyone's favorite piece of shit, Yolanda Saldivar, who, (gasps) for those of you who are unfamiliar, is the um, former nurse who was convicted in the murder of Selena, everyone's favorite musical artist. Yeah. And she, you don't listen to Selena, like you are wrong. She said, I'm sorry. She said, they just hate us because we're so popular. She said that they got jumped for their notoriety because they were both big name cases in Texas. And then she said that she only got along. I can't with- help it that I'm popular, okay? <laughs> right. But then she right. said that she only got along with um, Yolanda Saldivar and not the other inmates. So I guess you're only as good as the company you keep. And that wow. is the bizarro case of the Texas cadet murders that really does leave so many questions unanswered like but also i'm glad both those fuckers are in prison amen gross and grosser okay i am starting to feel real bad so um 
I want to go ahead and All sign right. off. You need to go to bed. And um, everybody put out some positive non-Rona vibes for me. Like, mm-hmm. I would really love a sinus infection, please. Yes. And how about I tell the people where to find us? You can find us on Instagram at Lifetime Sentence. On Twitter at Life Sentence Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Lifetime Sentence. Um, you can email us at lifetime sentence podcast at gmail.com. Our show notes are on are at lifetime sentence.com. And if you want to support our Patreon and hear our coverage of Biggie and Tupac, definitely go to patreon.com slash lifetime sentence and subscribe. We have two tiers. One is one dollar where you get all the audio content. One is five dollars where you get all the good extras, like our watch parties, our Instagram close friends. Um, our free giant stickers and, and, and every so uh, often other goodies that come along. Right. Like every so often we will do a surprise coupon code for merch um, yeah. and things like that. So yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm going to convince Paul to send you all some soap. One day. One day. Because um, yeah. crime is dirty. It is. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Mostly, guys, I just need you to remember to please eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. I did go get tested for COVID-19 the next morning, and I tested positive. And so as such, Aaron and I have decided not to release an episode for next week so I can focus on getting better. We did make light of me being sick in this episode, but I want you to know that COVID-19 is a very serious thing. I encourage you all to wear masks, and at the first sign of symptoms, please get tested. Early intervention is the best thing you can do for yourself. Take care of yourselves. We love you.